your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Wow, what a what a day so far. 608-785-7914. What a night last night in Kenosha. Leads into a bit of a conundrum in the NBA. The Milwaukee Bucks are sitting out today's game. They've sat out, if you haven't heard this yet. Milwaukee Bucks are the number one team in the NBA. They have the top seed. Before the pandemic, they were the likely favorite to win the NBA championship. At least one of two or three teams. After the pandemic, and they had some kinks to work out, but still the top team in the NBA, and they're sitting out amid the protests and violence that's going on, the shooting by police that's happening in Kenosha. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to get in here, Dave Carney, the host of the morning show on WKTY, He's going to be in here, not in here, although he could be in here, but he works in the morning, so he's not going to be in the office in the afternoon, I'll tell you that. He'll be on in the air with me in, in about six minutes, seven minutes, somewhere around there. So if you want to get in, you, I mean, we can we can bring callers on to you, it's fine. Uh, Dave, Dave talks a lot, though, so we'll see if we can even get, squeeze anybody in while he's on, I tell you. Um, but yeah, a lot to talk about the whole idea of like, I posed this question to a couple of my friends in a little group and we're all NBA fans. And if somebody wants to solve this, they can, but the NBA is going to sit out. How long are they going to do that? Is it going to be a one day thing where just, just to send a message, Hey, we're here, we're, we're, we see what's going on. We want change. We're going to sit out and then just like push everything back a day. Or are they going to sit out indefinitely until there's actual change in this country when it comes to whatever you want to, where, wherever you want to go from with it, from police shootings to, uh, you know, guns in general after last night. If you've seen, if you haven't seen the video of the, that 17 year old uh, walking down the middle of the street, shooting people, it's pretty awful. I, it's it's really weird how we've, I mean, social media has done this, right? Our ability to put stuff right on the on the computer, on our phones, our ability to see this stuff, and you know, obviously, this happened the other day too in Kenosha. Uh, we just we're just watching actual murders instead of it being the movies, right? Now we're just actually watching, and uh, it was pretty pretty intense that video. The the kid. The kid must have, sh- what, what, from what I could tell, the kid must have shot somebody earlier. He's got a long gun, so whatever, whatever kind of gun. I don't, I'm not a gun guy, so it's it's a semi-automatic, as most guns probably are. Unless you're, you know, like I had a 22 when I was a kid. It wasn't a semi-automatic. You had to put little bullets in every time you went cock, like slide the thing. But so he must have, he must have shot somebody before because people are saying that in the video. And then people try, are kind of chasing him as he walks down the middle of the street. You know, it's dark out. It's, you know, middle of the night or whatever. And, and then, and then people rush him to try to get the gun. And he goes, he falls to his back and he starts, he, he opens up and he hits a couple of people. They scatter. He starts walking down the street. He turns, he's walking backwards. He's shooting back at people. 
And then he walks for a little bit. Nobody's around him, obviously, at this point. So I'm surprised the person kept recording. Because obviously that kid just, you know, hey, he turns and sees you recording him shooting people, right? Like, <laughs> if you're shooting people and you see someone record your act of shooting people, then you're going to, you you likely might get shot. I mean, this guy just opened up on people. So he's walking down. And anyway, they kept recording. He walks down the middle of the street. And then all the police drive by him and, and are kind of like, get out of the road. He's got his hands up. He's got his gun like dangling from his waist, this long gun. And yeah, they just kind of, and and you kind of hear the police say, "What? Somebody's injured ahead. Somebody's injured ahead." And they kind of they drive by the guy that shot the person that was injured ahead. It was very ironic. And um, police chief said this. Police chief, uh, his name is Chief Daniel Miskinis. Miskinis, and he had he had this to say, which I thought was a little bit interesting, in terms of you know the 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 murders that happened. Everybody involved was out after the curfew. I'm, I'm not going to make a great deal of that, but the point is the curfew's in place to protect. Had persons not been out involved in, in violation of that, perhaps the situation that, that unfolded would not have happened. Um, so the last night, a 17-year-old individual from Antioch, Illinois, was involved in the use of firearms to reserve, to, excuse me, to, uh, to resolve whatever conflict was in place. The result of it, it was two people are dead. So the beginning of that is the most interesting part. Everybody involved was out after the curfew. So he's blaming everybody for this kid murdering two people. Hey, you weren't out of the curfew. It's your fault. Too bad. <laughs> Sorry, victims. But meh, you shouldn't have been out past curfew. All right, 608-785-7914. Again, you know that that's old news, right? We've we've gone beyond the kid shooting people in the streets, and we've moved to the sports not happening, and whether or not that's helpful. But I'll go to the phones here quick. Uh, caller, who's this? This is Greg. Hey, Greg, go ahead. You're on the air. Well, you know, I've been thinking long and hard about this uh, police violence issue, and uh, talked it over with some of my friends, polled a couple others, and uh, though they say it's a radical idea, I think I have a solution. When, when somebody has an interaction with the police, regardless of their color, you know, whether they're pulled over or, you know, whatever the, the cause is, just do what the cops say. Comply with their orders. How many, how many high school beer parties did you go to, Greg, when you were a kid? You ever go to those? Uh, no, I didn't. No, okay. Well, imagine going to a high school beer party. I'm sure we've all been, I've been to at least one. I would say that I wasn't drinking at the high school beer party that I was at. In high school, I think I was in college at the time, so it was just a friend's house, and the police showed up, and everyone started running into the woods. So, do the police get to open fire? You don't know what those people are doing. They're running in the woods. They maybe they got knives and guns out there. Police get to open fire on high schoolers as they're running away from a from a beer party. Uh, we'll go back to the phone. Let's call it. Who's this? Hey, just like to chat about the incidents in Kenosha. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just calling in because I'm listening to the reports you're stating, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I've read a couple things on the Internet. You know how that goes. It could be false, obviously. But I read that he was up from Illinois uh, supposedly protecting businesses, 
and he was confronted by one of the protesters, and a Molotov cocktail was thrown at him. And I believe there's footage of this. So the individual shot the person in the head who threw the Molotov cocktail, and then he, the person, the shooter, actually called the police on himself to let him know, let them know what happened. Now, again, this is all just could be speculation. But anyways, so that's when the video footage started of him running down the street, and then those people chased him down, and supposedly he was hit with a skateboard, and they tried to disarm him, and that's when he shot the people, the couple of people, the one in the bicep and then the one in the stomach. But again, this is all on the Internet. I don't right. know if it's true or not. Right, and it's just it's just another one of them cases where you're all past curfew. It's your fault. But yeah, thanks for the call. Um, I gotta I gotta get Brad in the news, and we'll bring back we're gonna bring back Dave Carney here in a minute. We'll be back right after this. I'm with him. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. But good luck because Dave Carney's on the line. Dave Carney, the host of the. Dave, I honestly like is it the morning show? What are, I, I'm sorry, but I I can't see the wall, so I can't. What are Dave Carney in the mornings? What are we doing over there? What do you you know? What you can just call me. Happy to be on with you, Rick. It's <laughs> the WKTY morning show for now, and we just love everybody listening in the morning. And it's super good to be back on WIZM, man. You're uh, doing a heck of a job here. Yeah, I I I envision like bringing you on maybe once a week, but then I I feel bad because then I'm burning you out, and I want to do it on a Friday because I like to talk sports on Friday. But <laughs> Friday, five p.m. Dave's done with work, and I don't even bother calling you. Not that you wouldn't answer, but I just I don't even want to put you in the position to say no. Um, all right, so well, the big news today. Let's just get into it because we we just got like ten minutes here. The, obviously, the Bucks. And I don't know, you were on with Grant Bills uh, just a little bit ago. So, obviously, we know the Bucks have postponed or, or boycotted this playoff game. And, you know, does this go on indefinitely until there's a resolution? Do you think that it just goes on for 24 hours? What's your thoughts there? Well, it's – okay, so first of all, it's hard to tell. The Bucks started this boycott today. This had been actually thought about over the last 24 hours. There was a meeting last evening – Amongst the players, the NBA Players Association, Chris Paul, the president of the Players Association, and others in attendance, and there was discussions. Fred Van Vliet of the Toronto Raptors was talking about it just the other day. They didn't know if they wanted to play game one against the Celtics, which will be scheduled for Thursday. So after the Bucks took this stance, Rick, the rest of the NBA shut down for this evening as well. So no Thunder Rockets game, no Lakers Blazers game. Do you want to off. Do you want to hear my theory on this? Is yeah, Giannis, go, go for it. Giannis and the Bucks got word of this Raptors boycott, and they wanted to they wanted to steal their thunder after they were eliminated by the Raptors last year in the East Finals. They wanted to steal the thunder. Wow. The Bucks, and wow. honestly, in in a non joking fashion, the Bucks need to take the lead on this, not because they were the first game today, but because all this stuff is stemming from what happened in their state, right? Yes, and so wow, that was that. That's quite a that, that's a glib take on exactly what happened. I I think that yes, the Bucks needed to take the lead on this. Rick, wow, um, where to pivot from here? Okay, so, <laughs> well, hey, Dave, the Brewers, the, the Brewers aren't playing either. So I just got you know, Texter. We we kind of talked about that. I just I kind of like uh, yeah. I, I I lost focus there, but I I remember now the Brewers have been talking about this. It sounds like they're and of course they are right. Uh, again, you're a Milwaukee team. You need you need to uh, make a stand here. 
Well, I'd seen a tweet from Adam McAlvey. Josh Hader had been mentioning that about an hour and a half ago that they weren't exactly sure what they were going to do. So, look, how long does this go on for? Let's go back to that question. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, if I were to guess right now, I would say, mm, I don't know. But to be honest with you, Rick, I could see the entire NBA playoffs being shut down. I really could. I know that seems like quite a leap, but I could see the entire NBA playoffs being shut down. These players are in a bubble. This is an extremely stressful mental situation. I've been talking about it for months, even before they started this, how difficult and taxing it would be to have to be away from your family, your friends, and the trappings of life. Please do not forget These are not normal, everyday, average Americans. They are gods on earth that are amongst the most elite athletes and people that are praised since they're children. They are told yes every single day of their lives since they are old enough to know that they're going to be something otherworldly. They're paid millions of dollars. They are able to do things most of us can only dream about. Quarantining yourself away from society when you're able to leave country if you need to is hard And when you put all of this in the context of what the NBA really had set themselves up for here, which was a showcase of justice, racial equality, this is a a result that, I mean, honestly, we didn't know that this was going to happen with Jacob Blake and and Kenosha. But if something like this happened, you could see this potentially being the outcome because there was a number of players that didn't want to play in the first place. So I can see an indefinite shutdown, if not a cancellation of the remainder of the season for major league baseball. I think the Brewers will take a position on this today, tomorrow. I don't know about the rest of the major leagues. That's 8% represented by African-Americans currently. So I don't know what they're going to do, but for the NBA, this is an a one priority. I mean, for the Brewers, it's you you talk, you, you do make a good point. These guys are stuck in a bubble and they, you know, Hey, if we just, we, we just, use this i mean you're you're almost saying like they could use this as an excuse to get out of the bubble is what you're saying well not an excuse but look the the nerves are being frayed paul george after the the 154 111 thrashing of the mavericks last night said that he had been in a state of depression that the bubble had gotten to him rick that he had been taxed he was in a dark place the effects of this are real and i've been talking about this a lot on the program and military listeners of ours who i understand sign up to go away and spend time away from their families, their friends, their communities and neighborhoods. That's a profession that they sign up for, and we thank them for their service. Now, these NBA players, as much money as they're making, as much money is at stake, never signed up to be quarantined from their lives. And when you put into place the fact that, for the most part, these are men in their 20s or early 30s who have riches beyond our wildest dreams, You tell them not to do something one time, it feels like an assault. You put them in this bubble for months and months, and don't forget, it's August. The champion won't be crowned until October. They're going to be in there for a long time. This is a compounding effect. I think what they saw from the murder of Jacob Blake by that Kenosha police officer, which was a murder, I think they were outraged and sickened like most of us were who saw it. And this is, I, I don't know if it was a predictable outcome, but this is where it's taken us. Yeah, and the, the hardest question for for the NBA and the Bucks and is, is like, yeah, do we sit out until there's a change? Do we sit out until systemic racism is solved? Until like the the police incidents like that are resolved? Until we get some legislation on police reform or gun reform or anything like that? Like, you know, how many people? In, in our government are going to look at the NBA and go, oh, boy, NBA sit out. We better, you know, get some legislature on the table or legislation well, listen, on the table. 
Fred Van Vliet of the Toronto Raptors said yesterday uh, in, in, in speaking about this situation specifically said, look, the Bucks ownership could very easily call their friends that make laws. And I'm paraphrasing his quote because I don't have it in front of me, but could call his friends and start to put real pressure on for real change. Now, I don't have a lot of answers for this because this is a huge topic. But right. when I was on with Grant a few minutes ago, I said this. If they wanted to make – listen, systematic change is going to take forever. We've been looking at this same thing for years. Martin Luther King said it's not possible to be in favor for justice for some people and not in favor of justice for all people. He, he also said that history will have to record the greatest tragedy, tragedy of this period of social transition was not the strident clamor of the bad people but the appalling silence of the good people, and that was 50-plus years ago. This is something that has been going on for a long time. But I think there could be something like this. There could be some sort of overture to senators, state senators, federal, whatever, to say, look, we need to have a more diverse police force. We need to make sure body cameras are universal. We need to make sure that you don't have an overrepresentation of white police officers in black neighborhoods because, and Grant mentioned this on his program and you were on with him, the construction of the city of Milwaukee, Kenosha, was seen along that area is historically built to keep segregation in place. And because of that, there has never been a commingling to the degree that we would see in some other major cities around this country. And I think that it creates an area where you can see boiling over occur. And this thing is boiling over, of course, and everybody's everybody's looking at it and wondering what's going to come next. I don't know. It's, it's a big question to ask. Yeah, I just I just say, Dave, welcome to Biden's America. We're living in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh wait, yeah. and oh, we wait. have been for thirty five years, right? Yeah, it's all right. his fault. Um, yeah. So if we want to jump on the Brewers, is it easier for the Brewers? The guy, hey, we're gonna we're gonna sit this game out. We're gonna sit out because the Brewers, eh, they're not really gonna be in the playoffs this year. Although sixteen teams in the playoffs, eh, Brewers oh, dude, Brewers could look. easily just. Mm, Scratch a season. Josh Hader would love it because he'd go through the 2020 season having having uh, pitched a no-hitter. Listen, the Brewers can sit out as many games as they want right now. They could boycott for a week. The Cardinals have played 19 games. The Brewers have played 28. This Major League Baseball season is as much of a joke as the Sean Hannity show. It's just it's hard <laughs> to say anything about this Brewers season or any Major League season where there's 60 games, it's an arbitrary number. They could sit out a week. Who cares? This is the, the, the whole major league baseball season's a disaster. It's unrepresentative of anything that is major league baseball. And yeah, the Brewers could pack it in for a month. It doesn't matter. It's fine. It's it's hard to put everything in perspective. I'm going to just jump back to the NBA. Cause I, I, I find it more interesting. The, the number one team in the NBA, the team that is a favorite to win it all, the team that has the best player. He's probably, you could name him MVP tonight for sure. Now, instead of, uh, you know, Oh, they're going to do this. Well, definitely he's the MVP. Now Giannis Antetokounmpo <laughs> wins defensive player of the year yesterday. And, and they're, they're taking the lead. The stealing the thunder, I would say, but taking the lead on sitting out in the playoffs as they're getting ready to, to, to as they're ramping up to win an NBA championship, bubble or not, this is this is incredible. Well, this Rick, it, it, this is underscoring something that has been building and building and building and building and building, and that is that people have known for years the ways the system is constructed, the gears, the levers, how they're turned, how they're operated. 
Now we have video evidence to show us. And we're being confronted with things in a way that many Americans were during the Vietnam era with war, which is why they don't show you the theater of war on television anymore, because it's quite horrifying to see. This is the power of having video in your hand. These are uncomfortable topics, but these have been circulating in communities of color for, well, let's just say it, hundreds of years. So this isn't new to anybody but us as a, as a collective society of unaffected people. Now, Benjamin Franklin, again, just to reiterate, justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are. That's a quote from hundreds of years ago, but that's true today. What we're seeing now is... There's a collection of forces bringing us to a point in which we have to pay attention to this. Existentially, internally, the coronavirus pandemic has made us be more introspective. We've had to stay home. And if it hasn't made us more introspective, we're missing out. And now we're looking at things in a way that need to be addressed. What the answer is, I don't know exactly. I, I really don't. And I don't think I don't think we've got the time to get into it. But <laughs> there is definitely going to be a different kind of America after 2020 that much is for sure i i what, what's interesting to me and my i got a text here that brings it up is uh, on monday obviously i talked about the kenosha shooting and and how uh, how do we get to a point where ju- we're just shooting the dude seven times in the back as he's you know whether or not he's going for a gun in his car or knife or his kids are in there however whatever excuse you want to make it like the, the the dude was shot at point blank range by by police in the back and then earlier in the show today i described um, this this kid, the 17 year old who who is walking. You see the video. I sent you the video, whether you watch it or not. I don't know if you. Some people just. I should have said, Hey, Dave, don't watch this video if you don't want to see literal murder. Um, but it's a kid walking down the street in Kenosha with a long gun. I don't know what kind of gun he's got, but I'll call it a long gun, a rifle, right? And uh, you know, people are trying to jump him because he just killed somebody. So and then he starts killing the people or shooting the people that try to jump him. And uh, a caller earlier in the show automatically goes to defending this kid. Like, oh, he was, he was, somebody threw a Molotov cocktail at him. Uh, he was defending himself, uh, you know, giving excuses for this kid being shot. But when the Kenosha, when the, when the black guy uh, Monday or, you know, the other day gets shot by police, there's nobody, nobody's firing up to give excuses for that. Yeah, it's sad, man. I don't know what to say other than that. It, it, it's sad. What, 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 what do you say, though? This is something that we've dealt with in one way or another since the country's inception. But for most of us, we haven't had to see this in, in, in our up close and personal lives. Right. So I don't blame people in parts of this country. And full disclosure, my son is mixed race. His mother is black. This is a conversation, and he's 15 and half 16. This is a conversation we're having way too often these days about what is going on, how this affects him personally, what this means historically. Yeah. There's always an opportunity for us to look at it and say there's no positives, that all police are bad or all this is bad. I don't believe that. I've had relatives that have been cops, and, you know, what do you do about this kind of stuff? I don't know. I think that what we've gone through recently has been – a reduction of actual knowledge because people have gotten themselves, Rick, and, and I think we've talked about this off air, to the point where they think they've got a degree in Google. And therefore, knowledge and understanding starts and stops with your computer and your keyboard, and it doesn't. The experiences that people have that are outside of our, our personal experiences that are real don't mean they're not real because we're not experiencing them too, or we can't find them on Google. And so I feel that a lot of the 
rage that we see, especially with those that would take the positions on Twitter or, or the text lines or whatever, are those of uninformed individuals. Now, if there's some real information out there that they can share that's something that's personally experienced, fine. Well, Dave. I, I, but I don't know. Dave, I mean, you talk from a place of just complete ignorance for the most part. And it's, it's, what do you say to that stuff? Well, you could just say that I'm the ignorant one, too. <laughs> you know, I was just describing the video that I saw. I don't, I don't have all the answers either. So, I mean... I don't. I don't want to put the color down for bringing up the the idea, but it was funny to to hear him defend that. And then this texter texted in and said, "Wow, it's funny to hear him defend the the seventeen year old white kid that just murdered a couple of people last night." But nobody's rushing to defend, you know, not on my not a, not on my text line, not on my phone line anyway about the guy that was you know killed by police. But it's, well, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to talk about this stuff. It doesn't make anybody happy to have to have these conversations, right? it doesn't really make anybody feel good to say one way or the other what they think about certain situations that are completely horrific, right? Yeah, well, now um, now we can't even escape to sports anymore because the Brewers and Bucks. No. And, 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 and is, that the, is that the smartest thing to do? Because people are going to look at that and be they're going to be mad. Like, how, what good does it do for the Bucks? Obviously, it's, it's, it's jaw-dropping. It's, a, it's a, you know, amazing that – I don't know if amazing is the right word, but it's just – it's crazy to think, you know, especially where they're they're at. They're in the playoffs and they're going to stop a season or a playoff. But what good is it going to do? Well, here's the thing. Okay, so if we go back to Fred Van Vliet's quote from earlier, yeah. um, when I mentioned that he was talking about what Bucks ownership or any ownership could do, what these players are saying, and the NBA more than any league is represented by African Americans. Okay, eighty eight percent of the NBA is black. Where you're looking at about. 65% of the NFL and 8% of Major League Baseball, and forget about the National and, Hockey League. And eight hockey um, players. Yeah, right. There's, there's, there's a handful of skaters there. My point being is this. These players may be looking at this situation as a historical once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to say, you know what, we're going to make the quote-unquote <clears throat> our owners, we're going to make them hurt financially. We've got money for now. They can go play basketball or make money other ways. It doesn't have to come on the court. I mean, Colin Kaepernick showcased that. He didn't have to play football to make a mint with Nike. There is power in having positions, okay? And you're on a, 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 a showcase radio station that's all about opinions, okay? Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, even you to a degree, aren't talking about news all the time. You're giving opinions, which is what I do a lot of times. We're giving opinions. So there's money in opinions. ESPN switched away from being a highlight station to opinion shows. Okay. So these players, I think, have recognized the power that they've got in their platforms. And so I don't think they care if the NBA misses out on their money. As a matter of fact, I think these players are looking at it and saying, hmm, maybe if we make these owners miss out on some money, They'll call their friends, the senators, congressmen, representatives, both state and national, and say, hey, listen, we got to do something or else we're not going to make our money because we know that's what this is all about, money. Yeah, that makes- so maybe these players are saying for once, you know what? We've created something with this social media platform and all of the rest of it that's unique to us, and we can take this. Don't forget the fact that in, in a player's perspective, and I've talked to a number of players, they could go find other places to play or other owners to play for the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, major league baseball. These are permanent and forever platforms. When people get together, like the XFL could show 
you could make another league. Yeah, and, that's not impossible. Well, and it's funny to think that too, and how the pandemic kind of allows some of these avenues to happen, and 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 makes it gives a gives players a little bit more wiggle room in that terms. You you see that on the college level too, like hey, you're going to put us out in harm's way of this virus, and what do we get? Nothing. So we're going to sit out. And you know, the, the, the idea of college players trying to unite under that that umbrella is is, is a little bit tougher. But Dave, I got to let you go. Speaking of Dave Carney's comment coming up here in a minute on something totally un well, somewhat related, but your your Scott's comments coming up here. So I, I didn't even think of that until I saw it on the board here. Well, thanks for having me on, Rick. It's always fun talking to you. Have a great night, man. Yeah, thanks a lot, Dave. Dave Carney, host on WKTY from six to nine a.m. The morning show there. Um, and now, yeah, Dave Carney's going to come up here in a minute. He's got he's filling in Scott's comment, and then Brad's going to do the news. We'll be back after this. I'm with him. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. The talk and text line. Thanks to Dave Carney for joining, ranting a little bit about the Buck season and the the greater issue of why the Bucks have decided to sit out today's playoff game and we'll see what happens as the NBA sits out today's playoff games and we'll see what happens into the future, how long that's going to go on all over the shooting in Kenosha and the protests going on there from it. We go to the phones now. Eric from Sparta has been waiting patiently. Eric, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, I think uh, uh, these uh, Brewers and the uh, Bucks should be eliminated for the year from their respective leagues. Done. Period. Cut off. Period. I'm sure that wouldn't bother them because they got so much money anyway. Why is that? Why, two, why, why eliminate? These, these people These people who... Uh, why eliminate them? The police so, have authority over them. It's their damn fault. Police has authority to stop these. If you don't stop they say so, stop. One more thing. I think that police officer should use a taser instead of shooting. I don't like that. That's not right. Thanks. All right. I think there were some accounts that he was tased. We'll see what the police say when they come out with all the details. There's no video, so we're not going to get that. I guess I'd, Eric didn't want to have a conversation about why we need to end the Bucks and Brewers, eliminate them. I don't it, like get rid of them as teams or eliminate them from the season. I mean, the the entire NBA has has gotten behind this effort, taken over by the Bucks, which makes sense. Kind of, kind of, kind of in a good way that they were these early games that that it's kind of not, it's March Madnessy when the games are on during the day, but then you often miss them because they're like, oh, the Bucks were on already. I think we even had that with a guest that said, "Go Bucks," and I'm like, they already lost. Oh, uh, we'll go back to the phones. Clyde's on. Clyde, go ahead. You know what's really interesting is that the most recent video shows what the s- solution is to all of this. Which what video? The most recent video with the the person with the long gun. Oh, that yeah, that that seventeen year old. I, I which yeah. vi- and then you'll have to describe the video because I've I I, I well, honestly I don't like going to going on the internet and searching for murder murder videos and sure, I just sure. I kind of stumbled well, one- upon this one and I was like oh god and and people are texting me you know maybe what you're going to describe so go ahead Clyde sorry. Well, what it is 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 that uh, the uh, the person has a long gun. Uh, on their chest, and a couple of police cruisers roll up to him, and what does he do? He puts his hands up and surrenders to the police, 
And, of course, since they're not watching the video in their squad car, they don't know uh, anything about this particular person. Yeah, and they so can't. Then they, so, so then they just drive by him because hands up, don't shoot is what the, uh, you know. So he should have, uh, if he really wanted to surrender, he should have said, hey, 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 come here, come here. I'm surrendering. Right. But he did, he did surrender. He put his hands up. And he didn't make any threatening action, or did he try to run away from the police? I mean, Clyde, you know the hands up, don't shoot is literally a Black Lives Matter phrase now because of the dude that had his hands up and said don't shoot and then was shot, right? Well, of course, you also know that that didn't happen because he didn't have his hands up. Only his buddy lied to the press and said that he had his hands up and he was facing the officer, and he was shot, except that's not what happened. Also, like, you can, and I, I understand that, that it's pretty loud at the end of this video, and police are police sirens, and we can hear the person yelling because he's next to the video camera or the phone or whatever, but they're yelling, hey, that guy just shot somebody, but police are going, oh, there's somebody injured up ahead, so, you know, obviously right. they're going to they want to run ahead, but that dude wasn't yeah. surrendering. I, mean, I think when I have a gun... And police are rolling up to me. I uh, I'm probably just not going to reach for my gun. We even had a conversation about that with Mitch's child, uh, Ro- Rowan, in here uh, when he bought a gun. Thanks for the call, Clyde. Mitch's kid was in here. He had he had got his what concealed carry license, or maybe it wasn't concealed. I think maybe he just had to get a gun license, and he had it on a, in a holster on his chest and was walking through downtown and uh, I'm guessing somebody saw a guy with a gun on his, not his chest, but under his armpit. I'm guessing somebody called the police immediately because of, you know, a six foot three kid is walking around downtown with a handgun, you know, in a holster. But, uh, police went up to him to, to, you know, just check on him. And Rowan, uh, Rowan reached for the gun to show police because his reaction was to show the police that it's not loaded. It's, you know, he just got it. He didn't really, you know, it was the first day he got it. He wanted to come in here and show dad on the show. And the cop was like, don't touch that. Don't, you know. So, yeah, when, when you're in a protest and you have a rifle on you and you're walking down the middle of the street and you did just shoot two people or three people and uh, police are rolling up on you, yeah, probably put your hands up. I guess don't grab the gun. But I don't know. What, what would police do at that point? Uh, 608-785-7914. Let's see here. Um, oh, Joe's, Joe's, uh, Joe, Joe, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, I think, uh, you know, I think the easy answer is for everybody to be like, well, why don't the people, why aren't people stopping when the cops tell them to? So we need to find out why, why these people are running when the cops tell them to stop. It ultimately leads to the situation. I mean, that's the deeper question I think we need to ask why are why will they not comply with police officers? What's going on in these situations in these cities where do they have legitimate reasons not to listen to police officers? You know, there's something going on that way. Right, but can we also? I mean, we we can question why police officers, you know, have have their guns drawn and you know that like if they tase the guy, we don't have video of this and we never will. So hopefully, the accounts of what happened come out. And, you know, and that makes sense based on what witnesses say, what police say. But, you know, if they tase this guy, I don't know, and, and then tasing didn't work, and then the next step is to shoot him. I mean, lacrosse police have had incidents like this where, if you remember the guy with the, 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 the chain that he was swinging that, what do they call it, like logging chain or whatever, just a big chain. 
and he was swinging sure. it at police and chased them. And I think they used, I think they went from like rubber bullets to tasers. They sick the dog on him. Do people still say that they sick the dog and the dude hit the dog with the chain, I guess. And then it came to shooting oh, and the dude. The garage was on fire. I mean, this was one heck of a situation, if I remember the video correctly. Right, and the police and didn't. No one got killed. Yeah, and the police didn't shoot that dude seven times. And and I they I know he he was shot, but he wasn't killed. And and I, I think I think they're trained to shoot to kill in a situation like that. I think I I honestly like this is anytime that they're trained to shoot, it's to shoot to kill. It's it's middle of the body. It's to eliminate the threat. But uh, I was gonna say too, just a. A quick comment. I remember when I got pulled over after I got my uh, concealed carry, and of course I had a weapon on me, and I was all nervous about what the reaction would be if I ever got pulled over. So, of course, one night I did get pulled over speeding on the interstate, and it was a state trooper, and I thought, okay, I'm just going to let him know right away that I have a gun, and, uh, you know, we'll go from there. Of course, that was the only thing I was worried about on my mind, you know. Let him know that you have a weapon. And uh, he was pissed because I was doing 85. I rolled on the window, and he's uh, right away. He's on my case about how fast I was going. Mm-hmm. So me being, I was like, "Well, you know, I just wanted to tell you I have a weapon." He goes, "I don't care. I want to see your license, and you need to hurry up right now." And not, then he didn't care how fast you were going. Joe, I got to let you go. I got to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be back after this. Up with him. All right, welcome back to the Taylor Cross Talk. PM. Just a couple minutes left here. One of them days where there's a lot of spots for ads and and not a lot of time for me. But although I let Dave rant for quite a while, so I'm, I apologize for letting Dave take over the show for too long and and not let you get in here. Uh, John texted in just kind of about this video, the one video that I accidentally ended up watching of a kid murdering people in the streets. Um, so so John says he was attacked, shot a person, called the police. He called the police. He says the mob chased him. He fell to the ground, surrounded. And it was surrounded and fired additionally. So he got to the ground. I think people were trying to get his gun from him, and then he started shooting people at the gun. And then he says, it appears that he was part of a group protecting businesses similar to what the Koreans did during the L.A. riots and was separated from them from un- for unknown reasons. So he left the protection of the business for unknown reasons. While I do not condone his actions, he will have to live with what occurred there are many videos of different segments of these events, and the media appears to only focus on one of them. I accidentally saw the video, John, So, but I thank you for the text. I will say we're at a point here now where we have to justify murder in the streets, right? Where you have to justify why the 17-year-old was able to murder people. we got to protect him. we got to give him a reason. Um, we have to justify murder for the, by the police, right? we got to give them a reason. Hey, he was going for a gun. Ah, he, shouldn't have compl- he should have complied. You get to murder. Uh, we keep justifying murder. Like, what are we doing? We hey, they're protecting businesses. We got to justify murder there. Uh, maybe we need to flip that script a little bit. Maybe we got to stop justifying why people get to murder each other and get to a point where we aren't murdering each other. And this all stems from, you know, a murder to begin with, right? In Minneapolis and and now in Kenosha. All right, that's all the time I have. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll probably continue this tomorrow.